Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Guys with Bibles. I'm Lee. I'm Sean. And I'm Scott. And we're back with more Ephesians 4, and I did not intend to rhyme that. You're a poet and didn't know it. You definitely. You're a poet and you didn't know it, yeah. Wow. Is there an echo in here? It is. (laughs) Echo. Echo. How are you boys doing this fine evening? It's been better. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to regale us with your tales of woe. Yeah. It's been a messy situation tonight, so we're just going to leave it at that and just move along. Did you guys uh, socially distance uh, at the 4th of July? You know, we, me and my family, we went out on the lake. Uh, we were out on the pontoon boat with her mom and dad. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't didn't really care for the fireworks at all Could really less yeah i'm not a big fireworks person <clears throat> i could take not seeing them for the rest of my life and be okay but i think that means own. you're not american you're not american are you a secret canadian please i'm you- a russian spy <laughs> <laughs> i knew something was off <laughs> Well, boys, Sean, Sean went out on a date for Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. I was, I why was, isn't he? He is not telling us anything about it. Lee. Sean, are you here? I am. I was. I yeah. was looking at a commentary actually. Sure, you were. Sean. But yeah, yeah, I did have had a good time. There was no social distancing that I I saw. Um, every it just looked normal there in Urbana, so. We were, Did Urbana have its fireworks? Yeah. Um, we parked way down the ditch from the airport where they shoot them off. Um, it was it was packed. Um, it was pretty busy when we got there. And we got there like two hours early. So we, we set up and uh, sat down and everything and just kind of talked and waited for the fireworks. And uh, it, uh, it just looked normal. Uh, other than the, there was no a- extra activities going on at the airport like normal, um, they didn't have all the other stuff going on, but they did have the fireworks. So it's better than nothing. Right. That's cool. Well, good. Good. This that's country's a mess as it is. That's what I'm it talking is. about. We, some little bit of normalcy is fine. We'll get more and more of it back, hopefully. All Possibly. right. Well, you boys ready to jump into? Ephesians 4 again? 
Oh yeah. So oh, tonight yeah. we're doing take, take uh, me a dive versus four through six. With God's help, <laughs> we'll be able to get through it all. <laughs> yeah, if we get through it all, which would be very interesting. Who I'll wants, be impressed. Who wants to read these two verses? Three. Verses. I got you. I should. I should learn how to count. There's three there. So, first four of chapter four. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. This ends the reading. Amen. So, um... So since this clearly teaches Unitarianism, why do we only <laughs> why do we only believe in one God and it's all the same? It's all the same God. <laughs> Nobody wants to partake in heresy with me. No, thank you. <laughs> Nothing can come from speaking of the lips of heresy. No. I find these verses to be very um, aspirational because, I, th- you know, we, we live in a time where the church seems to be very split and divided in multiple ways over all sorts of things. And to think of the church as one in anything almost kind of seems like a foreign idea at this at this yeah, point I mean, in time. I mean really, where where is the church actually one in today's society? It's I, I'm really I'm I'm kind of racking my brain here cuz I didn't think about this beforehand but the, it's pretty I think it's a very small number of things if if any. You know, I mean I mean and the world, the world points this out to us every day, and I, I find it very hard to argue with a fellow like agnostics or atheists when they bring this subject up. Um, when he says, when when one says we're so divided amongst each other over doctrine, or we're so divided over how we interpret the word, we're so divided on either. Is God Trinitarian? Are are we Trinitarian or are we not? Is mm-hmm. and I I mean it comes down to the fact that we need to figure this out together and come to the same conclusion because our church is becoming too divided and thinned out that Christianity is becoming its own many little religions all throughout. So you have your like your Pentecostal sects that's becoming a Christian religion in its own. You have your your Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. People view them as Christian as well. Mm-hmm. You have your Catholics and their own Christian religion as well. Um, then you have your Methodists, your Baptists, your Presbyterian. You're Nazarene, you're non-denominational. We have all these different denominations that we are so divided. It's it's unreal, and and we all can't agree on 
the, the word of God as being the true authority. And that, that's, that's very difficult in today's society. Yeah, I think even even though there are different denominations and different Christian traditions, um, I don't think that's the end of the world. Um, I still think there can be unity within Christendom, uh, even with all those denominations. Now, yes, it does make it more difficult, but but there are certain truths that no matter what tradition you belong to, you can unite on. Um, I'm not saying that a that we should uh, abandon limited atonement uh, to get along with a Methodist. I'm saying if we look at things like the Apostles' Creed, um, any of the creeds, uh, Which some people don't recite because they think it's Catholic uh, dogma. By the way, correct. Heard that before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or they don't believe it's any any apparent relation to Scripture, and they don't believe it's God breathed or anything. Which it isn't. Right. But right. I mean, it, it's it's to unify the body. Yeah. And right. and that's the point of the cre- of the creeds. You have your your three ecumenical creeds, and there's that word ecumenical. So Ooh. you have. The Which isn't Apostles' a bad Creed? Word. No, not at all. You have the Nicene Creed and you have the Athanasian Creed. And those three creeds. The Athanasian Creed is awesome. If you haven't like actually like looked at it, it is. Um, those three creeds define <clears throat> the basics of being a Christian. This is the baseline of what you need to believe to be a follower of Christ. This is what exactly. you are. Um, this it's not in, it's not holy scripture, it's not anything like that. It's just truths that we hold to. It's yes. Those are these are the absolute truths that you must hold to in order to be a Christian. And if you look throughout the denominations, um, most of them are going to hold whether they recite that creed or not are going to hold to those truths and that's where you can start to find unity even amongst all these different denominations and traditions that's how that's my take on it i think right. that makes total I, sense I, I think that makes total yeah exactly good um cuz to add to add to that well, well go ahead go ahead Sean. i was just going to say Christianity is is kind of a it's it's very different religion from uh, most in the world um, because it's so widespread it's all over the world and it kind of takes on its own flavor with the culture that it's in you know what I mean it gets contextualized a bit not not necessarily changing doctrine but just right. Right, it's just the worship service is going to... word. Yeah, the worship service is going to look different, but all the main elements are still going to be there, but it's just going to look different just from a cultural context. And, uh, right. And Scripture allows for that. Um, scripture doesn't give you, 
you know, step one, step two, step three for how worship is supposed to go. There are certain things and elements that need to be in worship that that are written in scripture. But we need to take that into account too, that, that Christianity so far widespread, there can still be unity even within cultural differences, within uh, doctrinal differences. Doctrine, yes, divides, but it can also unify. Absolutely. So, okay, now go ahead, Scott. No, you pretty much said exactly what I was going to add. Never mind. Good. I love you. Yeah, I think that's... (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's a a very good introduction to what we're going to end up talking about here. So we'll just uh, start breaking it down. Um, Verse 4, where it says there's one body and one spirit. I think these are, are... put together for a particular reason and, and tell me if you think i'm wrong about this so no just, i was actually gonna point that out yeah. oh yeah good um because we'll go ahead scott what uh how are you gonna lay that out so so what i was gonna say is the reason we lay this out and they're together one body one spirit is um it proceeds to show how complete a manner the Christians should be united. Um, the union ought to be such that we shall have form of one body and one soul. Um, Calvin puts it this way. He says, these words denote the whole man. We ought to be united not in part only, but in body and soul. Um, he supports this by his powerful argument as when Paul states up in uh, verse 1, where he says, as you have been called in one hope of your calling, we are called to inheritance uh, in one life, and hence it follows that we cannot obtain eternal life without living in a mutual harmony in this world. Um, one divine invitation being addressed to all, they ought to be united in the same profession of faith and to render every kind of assistance to each other. And I feel like he's speaking straight straight as I could have put it any other way. Um, I I totally agree. We are united through one body, one spirit, which is sealed, as we'll see later on in chapter 4, the Holy Spirit of God by whom we're sealed in us for the day of redemption. Um, So we are all unified through the Holy Spirit given to us by God as a messenger to be a mediator for all of us. Um, yeah, so. the, I think the, the church mirrors a uh, an individual person. You know, we are both soul or spirit and body. And you can't right. sep- the whole thing is you can't separate the body from the spirit, um, uh, obviously un- until the person dies. So in the same way, the body of Christ is all the members of the body joined together into one body, but animated and powered by the Holy Spirit. So just as there's a spirit of the man, you know, our soul that animates our body and we live our life, so the the church is the same way. There are many parts, just like our body is made up of parts, that come together into the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit animates and drives 
it forward in the life of faith. So I think it's right. cool to, that that Paul put it together this way. And Paul wrote about that elsewhere too, the body analogy. So it makes sense he'd do it here too. So on the on the body thing, this here one body is where we might bring in the the word Catholic with a small C. Ooh. And like Sean mentioned before, we're, we would see that in the uh, Apostles' Creed where it says one holy Catholic church. Although right. when I, I don't know about you guys, but when I say it, I say one holy Christian church. <clears throat> that's probably my, my inner Lutheran showing. Oh, that's what I do. I don't like to say Catholic. <laughs> Sean, do you still say Catholic when you uh, say the Apostles' Absolutely. Creed? Absolutely. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. The dirty little Paptist. When you were talking about ecumenical creeds, you know, it did remind me that, you know, uh, in in sort of the fracturing of the of the church today, we have lost a little bit of our small C Catholicity. Yeah. Which yeah. is regrettable. And, and, and people people like cringe at the word Catholic, but Catholic is just a term for universal. So we are just proclaiming that there is one universal church mm-hmm. in Rome. No, in general. <laughs> See, but uh, no, I'm glad you said that because that is the distinction. After all, you know, we yeah. we call them we call them Catholics, but they're Roman Catholics. Yeah, they're, they're, it's kind and, of an oxymoron. Yeah, and see that everybody says, "Well, you're a Catholic." Well. You have to specify what kind of Catholic, because there are Roman Catholics, there's Byzantine Catholics, there's Coptic Catholics, there's different kinds, different rites uh, within the Catholic Church, and the Roman rite is just one part of it. It's the biggest part, but so just... We need to be clear. Yeah. So if you say one holy Catholic and apostolic church, that is... Not a bad thing. That is, right. you're just proclaiming that there is one body, one church. Now, you said there's Roman... Now, you just opened my eyes to a whole new world. Yeah. So there's Roman Catholics. There's Byzantine Catholics. What is that? It's more of a... It's an Eastern rite. Um, they're not Eastern Orthodox. Uh, they are part They'd of be the... Like they're better smelling cousins. They're they're part of they're the better selling cousins. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> no, there's there's different rites within the uh, so their worship the mass the worship uh, the liturgy looks a little different. Um, okay, and how do you spell that for our listeners? Uh, I believe it's B Y Z. Hold on, I'm terrible. B Y Z A N T I N E. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yep. Um, and they're called Byzantine Catholics. Yeah. Yep. And that's more of an Eastern rite of the Catholic Church. You have the Coptic Catholics, uh, which are... Coptic? Coptic. And they're more in the Middle East. Yeah, Middle East, Egypt area. They were yeah. in the... Coptics were in the news a few years ago because they were being targeted by yeah. ISIS. Yeah. And their churches were being destroyed. Wow. That was actually why people started using that Arabic letter in their Twitter profiles and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they use Arabic, I believe, in their liturgy. Hmm. Which, if that's their your, never... native, your native language, then you know that's fine. We use English in ours, so 
Not right. Latin anymore. I, Hi. I guess in my ignorance, I always assumed there was only Roman Catholics. Well, no, there's th- good and Catholics and bad taught. Catholics. That's what I've. <laughs> that's what I've always said. Right. It's, it's the way we've been taught. You know, nobody. The church hasn't been good at making distinctions on things like that. And for honestly, a very long time. I mean, even now, um, Anglicans, uh, a certain portion of Anglicans have become part, uh, they're in communion with the Roman Catholic Church. So even some Anglicans are a right of, of the Catholic Church now. What are they called? Right. Anglo-Catholics? I, There's Anglo-Catholics or High Church Anglicans or what they... they Anglicanism is extremely like loose, so there's 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 like ten different kinds, and they're all considered Anglican, but they the traditions within each one is completely different. It's 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 kind of confusing, actually. I bet it is, yeah. especially if you're in it. You have to. Know and I mean, I mean, as we look at this and we say it's kind of confusing. I mean, just look at how many denominations. Look at how yeah. confusing. Look how many different kinds of Baptists there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christianity right. <laughs> looks to the outside world. The outside world doesn't look at it going, "Oh, wow, they're the light of the world." No, they're the most confusing people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, you know, and none of them understand each other, and it's like, what is right. going on? What happened? You it's know? unfortunate because, on one hand. You know, we divide over things that are important, and when we're looking at the Bible and we see it obviously as the one true, um, the one true authority on the life of faith, um, in faith in our in practice. Uh, you know, if we have a division over it, then we divide. You know, because we instead of um, instead of Working compromising on the word, you know, we would just divide. It, because you know, compromise over something that's truly important um, is not a good thing. So I can understand it to a certain degree, but w- when you start majoring on the minors and causing maybe even unnecessary division um, within churches that become new denominations and all these kinds of things, that sometimes I think, depending on the case, can cause more harm than good, especially more to the world than to other believers. Right, but I don't. I wouldn't want to also require people to compromise on something really important, like, um, like the administration of the sacraments, for instance. So right. there are there are churches that believe everything else uh, in unison, but the administration of the sacraments is different, and so they they split and became two different camps. I I don't want to fault somebody on that, but. If you're willing to divide over something that's maybe not quite as important as that, or something that is even debatable uh, upon reading scripture, um, such as insisting on baptism in order to be declared uh, regenerated, that's obviously something that I would have a concern with. Or something cultish um, is not good. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... If we look at the Westminster Confession of Faith, so if we start looking at like the Westminster Confession of Faith, the London Baptist 1689, um, you have the Heidelberg Catechism, um, we have these 
the Belgic Cat. confession. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Belgic the confession. Three forms of unity, I, right? Yeah, yeah. We have we have these, and if we look at similar distinctions between them, there's only small, very small and minute differences. Some may be pseudo Baptist, some may be credo Baptist, mm-hmm. um, such as. There's very little differences in the Westminster Confession and the 1689. The 1689 was basically just copied from the Westminster Confession of Faith and changed and, here and, and there. And further improved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were to belong to a Presbyterian church, and the only differences of opinion we have is the baptism of infants i wouldn't divide over that i wouldn't right. i wouldn't see division as being right a problem i'd be like well this is not an issue i would argue over this isn't some some hill i'd want to die on over infant baptism especially uh, just, especially if you have a good conversation with those people and you can and they can back their point up with scripture and explain it to you. Um, I feel like, I feel like you shouldn't support them in that because obviously as a Baptist, I don't believe in infant baptism, but I, I feel like they need to at least garner some, some, a level of respect from you for them being able to, back it up with scripture and explain it. Um, right. Now, if they can't back it up with scripture, that's a different thing. But if they're using their confession and they're using scripture to back up their point of view, um, and that's the only thing that you really differ on, um, that's not really, that's not really something to like completely like, divide over and and just wash your hands of them right and so, and we all differ differ in many like the lutherans the presbyterians um the baptists uh non-denominational we all di- differ on certain things but as as we've grown in our podcast speaking for us three um we have actually become closer to other denominations outside of our denomination than those who are in our denomination, um, such as Lutherans, Presbyterians. Sure. Um, I mean, I feel like we have definitely grown in a brotherhood um, to where we all agree on the gospel. We all agree on how law and gospel are important or how the theology of the cross is important. And you might say, we, we like come it says to at the end agreement. of verse 4, that we agree in the one hope of your calling. <laughs> exactly. And, and the, may, the minor things we disagree on does not ruin the relationship in Christ that we have with each other. No. We still are one body together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all I have. That's all I have. Well, and that, that reminds and me... And th- this like, ends the episode. I'm dead. <laughs> and we all sing kumbaya <laughs> around a Boom. bonfire. <laughs> but I'm glad but, what you yeah. said about the about for instance Lutherans and Presbyterians, you know, in verse 5 where it talks about, you know, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
there just between those three between Baptists, Lutherans, and Presbyterians, there those are three forms of bap, totally different forms of baptism that that are practiced. Yeah. But they yeah. they're essentially the same. There is one baptism because they're pointing toward the same spiritual reality that baptism signifies, but they are performed or meted out or administered, however you want to describe baptism. They're all done a little differently. But the reality behind baptism is still the same because these are Christian denominations. So we can say one baptism at the same time that we would never, as Baptists, we would never baptize somebody in the Lutheran manner. We would never baptize somebody in the Presbyterian manner. But baptism is a bigger reality than simply the mode that it's administered in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And within those three denominations, and even, I mean, you could even, I can even say that within you can include the Roman Catholics in this, that they believe that when some, when a, a human being is baptized, that brings them into the new covenant in Christ. Um, They, they all believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that is really the bare bones of what baptism is uh, between all of them. They all believe that, um, and you can probably argue that any Christian denomination, well, if they don't practice baptism, it's not really a Christian denomination, but... Right, right. Because that's one of those basic things in the creeds, but um, all, all Christian denominations believe that that you become part of the body of Christ you enter into it you, you you go into covenant with the father through Christ in baptism and then in the lord's supper you renew that that's a renewal of that covenant of that of your baptism in the lord's supper in a sense Got it. right absolutely right. so and that's that's not everything about baptism, of course, but that's that's the bare bones that unifies everyone, and that's why there's one baptism. And that baptism is is linked just like it is in this verse here. Linked the one baptism is linked to one faith. You know, if if we deny the faith, we're not a Christian. We, you know, we we have to believe that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, and that's why then it's linked also to one Lord, because if we have more than one Lord, we're not Christian. You know, Jesus is the Lord. By the way, you know, this this section we're talking about here tonight is another uh, uh, proof text for the doctrine of the Trinity as well. We have one Spirit, we have one Lord, and one God and Father. So we have Trinity and unity right here, just in this oh, section alone. Oh, how did you just say that? Yep. Had to. Sorry, Pentecostals. <laughs> well, you know that's. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I. I really would. Would be. Um, I would have issues with partnering with a oneness Pentecostal. Not. Yeah. Not that really over the the charismatic angle of it, but the oneness aspect. Because they're yeah. they're denying the Trinity and unity. That I that is essential to the faith. If we. 
if we uh, believe the creeds as a good description of biblical doctrine in a concise form, um, yeah, you you can't deny the Trinity. And and also, if you if you're a confessional Christian of any kind, uh, and you claim that confession, you, you you can't go against that confession. That confession helps to guard you and how you view your how you view scripture so that you don't misinterpret it. Correct. Have you guys seen that little that infographic about um, how creeds and confessions keep us from wandering to the left and to the right into areas of false teaching of heresy or heresy, yeah. Uh, I think um I'll Wayne Grudem talks about that in his his systematic theology book. I, you know, and I, and I won't speak for you guys, but you know, in my in my own church background, um, creeds and confessions basically weren't even talked about. Uh, I wasn't even aware there was a, an Apostles' Creed until I was like twenty or twenty-one. I was in college. I had never been taught that in Sunday school or anything, and it was so right. eye-opening to see um, all the important points of essential belief as a Christian uh, put into, I mean, they're not short. I mean, the Apostles' Creed is the shortest, but in in a relatively concise form, um, I thought they were just jaw-dropping when I first read them. Right. And see, that's the yeah. cre- they are really helpful. That's crazy because I, like... Every Sunday as a kid, like, you recite the Nicene Creed in the Mass, like, every hmm. Sunday. So, huh. like, I had that sucker memorized. I bet you did. Like, as a, as a kid. And it's just, it's, it's crazy that there's so many, so many Christians that don't even know they exist, and they're, they're actually quite helpful. So helpful. Unbelievably helpful. Yeah. That's funny you guys say that, because I never even heard of creeds until probably nine years ago, By until Matt Chandler came out with uh, the Apostles' Creed. Oh, Um, right. Or um, when, uh, when I first discovered the doxology. Yeah. I had no idea that even existed. Hmm. Which was crazy, and I grew up in church, and never once did we ever read the doxology out loud as a kid, yeah. or even read the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, mm-hmm. or, I mean, it was it was insane. Yeah. I, and I only I only memorized the Apostles' Creed a couple years ago after uh, Sean after you gave me the uh, Treasury of Daily Prayer. Yeah. Um, because it includes the Apostles' Creed in um, those uh, daily orders of individual prayer, and that that was how I ended up memorizing it. But I, I mean, I'd never looked into it before at all. So it's just I think I, Protestantism has missed on a lot of that stuff. If we're not grounding our young people, especially, I'm thinking about that a lot um, in knowing these essential documents that um that bolster biblical belief you know i think i think we end up setting setting kids up to fail 
by especially yeah. by not teaching them scripture properly, which is a big issue, but then also not teaching them church history or creeds and confessions that show the apostolic belief. You know, I, I, that, I swear that's how we end up getting like restorationist movements that say that the church abdicated and only like returned to um, the apostolic order at the <laughs> Azusa Street revival or something. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, because we we're not teaching them what uh, what the apostolic faith actually is. I don't know. It, make, exactly. it makes me sad. We don't we don't catechize our kids anymore, yeah. and we were never catechized as kids, which I I kind of regret not being catechized, and because it's put me so far behind, you know, and it's like I I've, I've been playing catch up, and it's. I, I hate to do that. Even I would hate to have my kids feel that way as well when they get older and they'll be like, well, dad never taught us this, you know, and right. I feel that's our responsibility as parents. We need to be teachers of the word. We need to read with our kids, read and teach our wives. Our ki- That way they see it within the home. Whatever they see in the home is what reflects on them outside the home. Right. So... I think it's important we do this. And we're going to talk a lot more about that when we get into our uh, youth ministry series and uh, why the youth is leaving the church. Um, Boom, boom. But um, Well, and and so I I want to say this just just, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say, but, you know, uh, even even if we didn't grow up with with knowing all these things, um, God still kept and preserved us um, even as we were growing up, because um, I know, at least for myself, I never, quote-unquote, left the church, even without knowing all these things. So God was merciful to me, you know, especially, I think, during my college years, you know, as a, you know, I, I wasn't a theologically aware kid when I went off to college. You know, I, I should have been one of the ones that was in danger of going off and, you know, going nuts and you know, going apostate, um, but I wasn't, you know, and, and God was super merciful to me and take, took great care of me, and I actually grew spiritually while I was in college and not um, declining. So I'm, I'm always grateful for, for God's mercy that even though I might have not known all, all these things that I know now, um, God had, had shown me enough, had, had taught me enough through my family and through my church that um, my faith was strong and I could grow right. and That's, not and not take steps back. Exactly. Yeah, I just thank God for bringing these to to my my eyes that I could actually be able to read them, learn from them and study them and and see the the severity of the situation the church is facing today. Um, and I think that we have undermined what the church is actually in jeopardy of today in society. And we are definitely trying to sweep it under the rug and look the other way. And hopefully God works it out in his own plan and design, which he will. Um, but there is I our heard part. God that always we have gets what play. he wants. 
and he always does. <laughs> Let me read verse six here. One God, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. That's like the epitome of unity, right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Scott, what do you got? Feed me, feed me the word. Feed me. <laughs> feed me. Well, it, it's it's his church, you know. Um, the the people. The people in the church are people that Christ bought um, and and gave a kingdom to his father. You know, that was the whole, as going back to the covenant of redemption. Um, and so God is father over all and through all and in all. That's the only way that we can hope to have any unity as a church because he grants it. Come on, come on, guys. What's What's this attribute? What's this attribute called? God's aseity. 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 Oh, okay. Um, I see what you're getting. By God's power, he upholds and maintains and rules all things. Um, yet Paul here is not speaking of the universal, but of the spiritual government, um, which belongs to the church. Uh, by the spirit of sanctification, God spreads himself through all the members of the church embraces all in his government and dwells in all but god is not inconsistent with himself and therefore we cannot but be united to him into one body boom spiritual unity and you can find this best described in john 17 11 if you want me to read oh yeah. yeah 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 let me let me turn there their sweet cheeks uh, give me a second. What the what people, some people actually refer to as the actual Lord's Prayer. <laughs> Man, pages are sticking together. Because it actually, it's literally the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So John seventeen eleven states this: I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. Man. Boom. You're welcome. And Jesus prayed for it and asked for it, and he And this ends the reading. (laughs) Yes. Amen. Yeah, Jesus gets what he prays for. Now, we may not see it right now, but it will happen. There will be victory. Yep. He's already won. He's already won. W O N or O N E? (laughs) Both. Or both. (laughs) But it will be brought to completion in the new heavens and new earth. Are you talking post mail? I like it. No. I'm I'm not I'm not putting a label to it. I'm just saying. Are you are you, are you insinuating? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's like the main point of the entire of this uh, this section is right here in verse six, 
like the main premise it's it's the yeah it's it's what everything else is drawing off of is that there is one god there's one church one body one spirit one baptism one lord one god and father of us all it's it just sums it all up and brings it all together yep and god sustains it all through his sovereign will his aseity Woo! I love that word. No, but anyways, yeah, it go is, ahead. It is a, it's anyways, a classic. It's no, nothing's up. So. Nothing's up to chance. That's right. So yeah, that's all. I've but got anyways, to say. that's all we got to say, and we look forward to you guys checking in next time. Sean, Sean where, can, where can, they can they find us? us? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm so used to it. We I'm so it. sorry. <laughs> You're twinning. That's cute. Um, you can go to our website, guyswithbibles.com, and uh, read the blogs and listen to the podcast feed on there. And you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, or any place that you listen to your podcasts, uh, even Spotify. Um, just search Guys With Bibles and hit subscribe. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just search Guys With Bibles. And you, if you have any comments or questions or uh, whatever, whatever, if you just want to ask a question, whatever, I don't care. Just send Leave it to Sean. guyswbibles <laughs> at gmail.com. And that, that's it. Thank you, Sean. And this is Guys with Bibles, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>